live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Wednesday morning, September 20th, 2023. We've got 63 degrees as we start out your day in the capital city. It's the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday, and that means for you, it's a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday, your opportunity to get those things that you kind of maybe want to gripe and complain about off your chest and actually do it. Actually have a safe space to do that very thing with no real repercussions other than other than you feel better after it's all over. So uh, your options for getting in touch with us and telling us what is chapping your hide the text line, 402-479-1400. You can also call in at 710 on that same number. We'll take your calls. The phone lines get busy these days. Phone lines is like one after the other. Uh, what chapter you on Wednesday has really become a destination. I mean, we, we need to just go the whole three hours. Can on. you believe the, the, the gall it takes from people to just want to hear themselves on the radio? Uh, no, I, I, I can't say I blame them. But, um <laughs> But nonetheless, Mark knows what I'm talking about. Nonetheless, I, 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 uh, I just I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a when you go to management and say, hey, we got so much demand for this thing, we need three hours of of uh, what chapter on Wednesday. So uh, we'll just just that. not just three hours. We're gonna full blowout programming, twelve hours, all day. Phone calls, all day. Yep, Sorry. whatever you want. No news on the government shutdown or the dress code or whatever today. Uh, we're going or, all, or that entire meeting yesterday in in town on the uh, the all the, the yeah the oh, pink we're, slips about, and, we're about to talk about yeah, that I guess yeah <laughs> uh, anyway what chaps you had Wednesday yep you can also check the Facebook page facebook.com slash LNK today if you'd rather do that instead of text or call or send a carrier pigeon or whatever you want to whatever you want to do this whole thing we'll also count down the five things you're talking about with your morning drive uh, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird scheduled to be on me. Uh, we'll find out if she and John Cook have settled this thing for O Street. I mean, that's, we'll see, see what's going on. I mean, get called out, uh, called out by the mayor or called out by the volleyball coach, I should say about O Street. The police responded. I don't know that she's responded yet. Uh, so I guess I'll give her a chance today at eight ten. So we got that. And then, uh, little- and I thought that was a good response by, uh, by the chief. Yeah, actually, yeah, Mark, you had that audio yesterday uh, about the police responding to uh, Coach Cook on O Street. I agree. I thought that was... Thought yeah, they, that was Sergeant Chris Volmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergeant Volmer. Thank you for giving me the name. There. Yeah, uh, I thought Sergeant Volmer did a, about as good a job as possible at responding to that whole thing. I saw so, one social media post that said, yeah, the mayor and the chief put a sergeant out there to fall on the sword. <laughs> I, quite frankly, I thought I liked what he said. Yeah, I thought so, too. Well, I mean, she's coming on my show today. I mean, I'm, I think she probably would expect. I think she knows me well enough that she knows that I'm probably going to ask by that, ask about that today. So maybe she was just waiting for that big LNK today with Jack and Friends appearance. That could be no. There'll probably be a nine o'clock news conference announced on eight <laughs> fifteen. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think that's going to happen. Today. Yeah, I, 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 th- I, really... I think she's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think because it'll, that I used think to be us. Yeah, that be, did used to happen. Because the mayor used to be on Tuesday, and they always called the news conferences for nine or 10. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that happened. That especially happened with Beitler a lot. Uh, yeah, that was very, that was very frequent. So we got her, and then we got uh, John Bishop, who I don't think um, 
that was called out by John Cook that I'm aware of on Wednesday, or excuse me, last week on this thing. So, well, I can. What, you know, he, what, he should though. I when mean, I talk with Cook tomorrow, I will just ask him, "Hey, floor is yours, John Bishop. John Bishop, go. just give some thoughts on. I mean, maybe the police and the mayor should do something about John Bishop. <laughs> I, I can hear his response. Who? <laughs> that now that wow. would actually be phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. It would be like Deion Sanders talking about his starting center. I mean, I hope John Cook realizes that John John Cook realizes. I think he does. I think he listens to the show. Well, we know yesterday from his press conference, he goes to Hy-Vee on O Street. Did you hear this? Yeah, he was people. He got asked the question by uh, the Friday Husker tailgate's own Kevin Suits, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he also works part time at ten eleven. Yeah, uh, he, does, he dabbles. Like besides his main gig of a half hour on the tailgate show, <laughs> we, we just started a relationship with ten eleven. Don't you? I'm, just, I'm just wanting to recognize that Kevin Suits is a huge part of the KLIN team. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Suits from nice KLIN. <laughs> Kevin Suits from KLIN Radio asked uh, John Cook, like he had, he asked him a question, uh, basically like, can you sense like there's any extra love and interest for this team this year? And I'm paraphrasing a bit, but John Cook basically says, "Well, I always know when I go into the High V on O Street uh, exactly what like the pulse is of the fans uh, in terms of you know what people say to me." Uh, how long they talk about what they talk about. He goes, I always try, you know, the cashiers, they'll let me know where everyone's at on everything. And I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. Number one, he's an uh, he's a Hy-Vee on O Street guy. How about that? Hy-Vee, he's a Hy-Vee on O Street guy in the morning, uh, number one. And number two, going to going to grab his own groceries. I mean, this guy's, uh, this guy's a, uh, a top, what, top, Three most recognizable people in the city for sure. Easily. Top top three. He's probably okay. If he's not number one most recognizable. Is he number is he is is rule past him yet? I mean Frost was when he was here, probably. Uh he's more re- he's getting recognized more than than the governor is. Sorry, I think that's true. This is always a good thing to reevaluate. I think I think John Cook is he's getting more the recognized one. than the mayor is. Yes. Um, I think, yeah. Is he getting rec- He's get. Is he getting recognized more than Hoiberg is? Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably. Rule. I mean, eventually, rule. I don't know. Rule still might be up there. Football moves quickly in terms of recognizability. <laughs> yeah, but it changes after and, every game. And and by, and by the way, there is one person that is not involved in coaching or in elected office that might be ahead of him. Mark Vale. Mark Vale. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Vail's in the top 10, definitely. Uh, I still think Ken Shimmick's getting stopped more than maybe any of those people. I still think that is possibly the case. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, so we'll see. But, I mean, he's going in there. the Shimmick shop for his own but groceries. I, like, I know, well, I know, like, over on my high, my Hy-Vee, the area of town that I often uh, get my groceries in, like, when Darren Erstad was coaching baseball, he was always getting his own groceries there. I had, a lot, I, I had Ken Shimmick sightings over there, too, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, I guess I think what I am is I'm disappointed that my uh, gated East Lincoln, as Josh Bishop used to, John Bishop used to call it, uh, gated East Lincoln community is not the celebrity hub at the grocery affluent. store. Yeah, the, or as Kellen called it, affluent, RIP, not dead, just dead to us. Uh, it's not the cele- I mean, if, if O Street has John Cook... 
That's concerning for the celebrity level at my grocery store. Big for us. That's a big pickup for us. I don't understand this. That's probably yours, too. I I don't understand. I I think you may be seeing things because I shop at the same IV that you do. Yeah, I see you there, too. And I have the only celebrity I've ever seen there is our church organist. He's making (laughs) some. That's the only celebrity I've ever seen there. That's a, that's a sneaky top 20 pick. Our that's a sneaky organist. pick. God, I mean, she's a rock star. I'm telling you, I can. I mean, I got to go back and think a little bit. The people that I've seen there, the uh, Erstad, I've seen Hoiberg there. I've seen I've seen Shimmick there. I have seen, let's see, who else have I have seen there? I saw Alex Gordon there once. Uh, I've seen Ronda Ravel there. Um, so we're talking coaches. No, we, I'm we, trying we, to think of a non-coach, cele- who, who, the other non-coach celebrity. I've seen Harvey Perlman there. I mean, I don't know, you know, no longer the chancellor, but I've seen him there. The uh, the women's student athletes, Huskers, frequent this target. Oh, do I, they? I've seen Allison Widener there. I've seen Becca Alec in there. I know Haynes goes over there because she told me yeah, yeah. that she always goes there, and everybody and her her uh, boyfriend now fiance who's a football player or was a football player always had to take her take, picture take with pictures. people. <laughs> Do you want a picture? She said that happened. Here, let target. him take it. So I'm going to guess that was that one too. Yeah, this this target this is big. Is that big? I don't think I've ever seen a celebrity at that target. Have you ever been in it? Yeah, a billion times. Yeah, okay. on the O Street Target. Yeah, definitely. well, you've never seen me there then. I've been there a lot. I just don't the want place o- you see the only place you see uh, Caleb's in the chip aisle there. Oh uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen any sitting governors or mayors shopping for groceries though. That I don't think I've seen. I'm trying to think if I've seen any elected officials in those places, state senator, something like that. Can you imagine if you saw Pillin all of a sudden he was back there? In the Hy-Vee meat department. <laughs> that would be the best place to run into him, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like that's the best place. Like, you don't have to talk about politics. You can just talk meat. Mm-hmm. Right? At oh, that point. sure. I'm like, hey. The only time I've known him to be in a, in a buy-the-meat case in a supermarket was on his recent uh, trade mission in South Korea. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. See? But, like, there, I mean, if he's next to me in the meat, I'm definitely grabbing, like, a couple of different types of pork tenderloin and being like, well, which one do you think? <laughs> I mean, experts' opinion here. Please. Listen, I hate to. I mean, you kind of know this if you're getting here, but what's the best buy here? What or what? You know, what what cut of pork or what cut of pork is going to serve up best here on the grill? You're utilizing him like Tony Romo on a football <laughs> broadcast. Hey, tell me what's going to work out best for me in right. this situation. I mean, I, honestly, that would be a that would be sort of nice. Well, we can just have Mark ask him on October 23rd next time we got him. That's fine. Got him in. Studio. What's his, what's his favorite? That would be an interesting question. Maybe I'll call in the show. <laughs> favorite cut of pork? Go. Yeah. Why not? I don't. Maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to. That's like picking between your kids, though. I'm not sure if he wants to go there. Uh, no. <laughs> not no. I he's, got, he's in the business to sell it. I will tell oh, you yeah, what. He'll, he'll pick a favorite. I know I went down this road before, and I apologize to go down to begin, but it's a positive thing, and dang it, we're here to be a positive radio station, except for the what chaps your hide part, but that, in the end, is positive. <laughs> and you don't want me to talk about the tax hearing last night. Well, kind of true. <laughs> I'll let you, though. <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. I just got to tell you again, if you get a good pork tenderloin, it is the most underrated value yes. meat in the meat and counter I, aisle. I, I just, I love pork tenderloin. I don't understand why restaurants 
that that do the breaded pork tenderloin sandwich, pound the you know what out of it, make it about the size. They get of the super dinner. flat. Oh yeah. yeah, I get one of those things on the grill, low and slow. Get it up to one sixty. Preferably marinate it before, right? Yep. Then put a dry seasoning on it. No. Low and slow on the grill. You say no to the dry seasoning? Nope, just, just marinate it. Just marinate it. Either way. Then low and slow on the grill. Cut it, not soup. I mean, we're not cutting this thing like lunch meat, okay? We're no, cut- like Sir Mix-a-Lot said, I want them real thick and I don't, juicy. I don't, I don't, we're also not cutting it like a fat Iowa chop either. We're cutting it about, I don't know, about a half inch maybe. What you want to do is cut it bacon wide. Bacon wide, yep. Like and thick I've, bacon wide, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I go we, a little. I, I probably we, go a little thicker than that. I probably. Go oh, th- the only reason I say that is we got a great recipe for uh, apricot glazed uh, bacon wrapped pork tenderloin cutlets. And the I made I made some just the other, and it's and it's not expensive. I mean, you can find deals and on it all the time. Re- really good. The and, next yes. Day. And cutting that, and then you cut that thing off. You cut the slices off, and you're like, cut one off. One for me. Cut one off. One for me. The whole time. And it's great. And then you eat half a pork tenderloin and you don't even need to have dinner. Uh, one more on the celebrity sightings. Pan- yes. Panhandle Ooh. Steve texted in and it's a picture of John Cook and Panhandle Steve said, saw him in Chipotle last week. Chipotle. It was just yeah. him walking in. I will say this. Probably the one on O Street. I, 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 well, that's probably the one that he said he was going to. The wait, po- wait, wait, which, when, the Chipotle on O Street. The, Where's there a Chipotle on O Street? Right next to Whole Foods. Near, near Whole Foods. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Duh. Yeah. You're right. You prob- probably would. Oh, you said he was going to. I do I do appreciate when the high profile people in that top 5 to top 10 level of celebs um when they are not afraid to go out and show themselves publicly. Yeah. I think that's I think that's always nice. Don't hide I, from the people. I always think it's a little weird when people are like, "Eh, I'm not gonna, I mean, I get it. You get recognized. I mean, I'm not saying I get recognized a ton, but I, like I get it, so it's kind of a pain, but I appreciate that about John Cook. And that was one of the things that endeared us to to Matt Rule when he initially got here, and it was like, okay, he hasn't won any games. Have but we he, seen him out and about a lot? No, but he said he Off was season. he was living downtown, and he was yeah. like, I'm just I, I walked a few blocks home and walk by people, see people, talk to him. All right, let's get to this. Everyone's like, enough of the celebrity grocery talk. <laughs> what about this property tax hearing? Uh, did so? Did all the uh, government entities change their mind and slash budgets after this was over last night, Mark? From my understanding, there were very few, if any, of the elected officials there. Well, who has to, if they're doing a public hearing? Who has to be there exactly? Well, like in the case of uh, Lincoln Public Schools, it was the associate. Uh, Superintendent for Business Affairs, uh, Dr. Liz Standish. She drew the short straw. Yep. But she also can explain the budget better than anybody I've ever seen. But it's still the elected officials uh, were were no shows. It so- irritated a few people, and from what I understand, there were several hundred people there. Yeah, it sounds like there were a lot of people waiting to uh, waiting to talk on this whole thing. But and, and it sounds to me, and you can, I mean, it sounds like the message generally, you know, generally from the crowd was, hey, you know, we need to stop overspending at these places, and our property valuations are too high, which these elected officials have nothing to do with the property valuations. So, no. But, but they, they do with the budgets. They do with the budgets, and they set the levy. Right. And, and when valuations right. go up an average of 22%, you know, the, the counter argument is that the prop, or the levy should have gone down by a, a, an equal amount. Right. In the case of uh, uh, LPS, they did reduce the levy, but not by an equivalent amount. In the case of Southeast Community College, they raised the levy. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know. But there was and, some there was some talking about the, like, there was one quote I see um, 
in in one of the write-ups of this, I think it was the Journal Star, the, the, and they quoted one of the people who testified and said, uh, "Hey, the, the my value of my home went up fifty percent to, uh, and I haven't made anything improved in my property. All I've done is cut the grass and watered it." Yeah. <laughs> It, he had an interesting uh, uh, line on it. He's a very uh, narrow area and a small house, and so uh, it was pretty compelling testimony. Unlike me, where I put on a luxury deck on my home, so I can understand why that thing's going through the roof. We also got a series of reports. Uh, we'll be hearing the next, uh, well, today, and uh, but yesterday I had a chance to talk with Lynn McNally for a little extended period. She was the Leba luncheon speaker yesterday update on warhorse and some of the activities in the build out there oh really and uh, she said the sports betting is just going really well yeah but, it's super convenient i've I pop, i've popped out there a couple Caleb of times made a legal and, bet and, and, and lost what i yes i did thanks for supporting all of our uh state even, and city programs even though mobile betting is not allowed in nebraska they have an app where you can build your bet yep. on the phone and and just go out there and scan the code and and collect your ticket. Pretty quick and easy. It still looks like a giant dumpy construction site out there. Yes, though. it does. I, I mean, that's I'm gonna the, need I'm gonna need that part to hurry up and get finished. Yeah, I mean, so, that, the part so, that I had not heard before is she said by 2025, I think they expect to have 80 to 90 days of horse racing here in Lincoln. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. I'm gonna have to start to learn how to handicap the horses, I guess. I head out there. I've still never been inside it. I drove by it once. You heard about so. the guy that bought the old nag horse? <laughs> no, Mark, and, I didn't. And and his uh, buddy says, well, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to race her. He said, I think you'll win. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while since we had one of those. Right from the horse racing to the dad joke. 625. Take a break. Caleb got sports next on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right. Yes, it is. It is time. It is time. Fantasy Huskers. You want to pick? Well, text us the keyword. The keyword today is... Injury. Injury. Huh. I-N-J-U-R-Y. Injury. 
injury. Text that in, and we will pick one of you. Text that in to get the pick, which would be number five. Number five. For Fantasy Huskers this week, and make your fantasy pick this week. How many rushing yards the Nebraska quarterbacks have against Louisiana Tech? The picks yesterday were a little bit higher than the picks on Monday. Oh, yeah? Yesterday Uh, up to uh, 120 and 132 from Woods Park. Dennis and Dana. That seems... uh, That's... uh, that's, uh, I feel like that's a little high. Playing extremes. I know. Yeah, you're right. Why? I shouldn't be... You're right. You're right. I should not be critical. That's exactly right. (laughs) So... There you go. Uh, text that in right now. Text word injury into 402-479-1400. You may get the pick. If you don't get the pick, heck, try it again today at 810. Try it tomorrow at 635 and 810. Try it Friday at 635 and 810 or for the next multiple weeks. Uh, and uh, hopefully get yourself a pick and get you that prize pack from an alumni hall and Valentino. Sound off time. Let's jump in. Hostages freed. From Iran yesterday. Let's find out exactly what happened. Cheers and tears as five Americans held hostage in Iran stepped foot onto U.S. soil for the first time since being wrongfully imprisoned. Three of the hostages released were arrested in Iran on espionage and other charges between 2015 and 2018 and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Critics say Iran got the better of the deal. Five American hostages for five Iranians held in the U.S., plus the unfreezing of nearly $6 billion in Iranian assets. White House National Security Coordinator for Strategic Communications, John Kirby, says the money is not a ransom. All right, so... Yeah, this was this was the deal. Uh, four men, one woman in Tehran, um, uh, then also Iranian citizen on a charter flight to Qatar's capital. They were met by senior U.S. officials now on their way to Washington. The Americans, on the other hand, 51-year-old businessman Siamak Naza, uh, Naz, uh, Namazi, who has spent nearly eight years in this notorious prison. Uh, another uh, businessman, Imad Shargi, environmentalist, Morad Tabaz, 67-year-olds, also with British nationality as well, um, basically saying, hey, they were imprisoned on these baseless charges. It was political leverage at this point. Um, there had been some movement recently, so it looked like something may be happening. They had been moved in mid-August from this prison to a safe house in Ter- Tehran. Uh, the Iranians that were released, mainly of violating U.S. sanctions, they're being granted clemency as well. Actually, not all of them are returned to Iran out of this whole thing, and so um, they all they all went there. So it's been a lot of years, uh, a lot of years on this whole thing as well. So uh, anyway, but and then of course, I mean, it's a political deal too. Did what, did they give up too much? Should it have? Had, how did it go down? Uh, and those forth, but you got to be happy still for the families and these these prisoners, basically, who had been spending years upon years without seeing their friends and family on these uh, on these apparently baseless charges. Uh, Fed is meeting today, but hey, I think I think well, people tell me they think that they may be standing pat this time around, Caleb. Maybe oh. not Maybe not raising these things up. The central bank is expected to hold interest rates steady at their current five and a quarter to five and a half percent level, a step consistent with the Fed's shift to a slower and more considered pace of rate increases. However, Fed Chair Jerome Powell will deliver new economic projections and signal whether rates could be increased at one of the remaining two Fed meetings of the year. From March of 2022 through May of 2023, the Fed raised rates at 
10 successive meetings by anywhere from a quarter to three quarters of a point as it tackled the worst rise of inflation since the early 1980s. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. This would be the second time in 18 months the central bank declined to raise interest rates that would uh, stop, as she said, the the rate increases for federal funds from 5.2, excuse me, 5.25 to 5.5, which was the uh, highest level in 22 years uh, that that happened with that. So that happens uh, this afternoon and uh, we'll see and uh, we'll see if that continues to happen. Uh, going forward, or if this is just a one-time deal, a little pause, and they're going to go back to that here shortly after this. Uh, we are now into the end of September, and a lot of companies, uh, private companies, U.S. Post Office as well, they're starting the hiring blitz for the time of years where new seasonal employees yeah. are needed. And as you can expect, USPS is a big one that needs that. And then the other one, uh, that obviously is going to drive a lot of that is the folks at Amazon, and they are getting ready. The e-commerce giant is looking to hire 250,000 employees for Ooh. full-time seasonal and part-time roles across its U.S. operations network, which is 100,000 more than last year and bucking an expected decline in seasonal hiring among U.S. retailers. Amazon will be paying its seasonal workers between 17 and 28 bucks an hour on average, depending on their jobs and locations, compared to last year's $19 hourly wage. Amazon has opened over 50 new fulfillment centers, delivery stations, and same-day delivery sites in the U.S. this year. The company is looking to fill a range of positions across its operations, and seasonal employees will have an opportunity to transition to full-time positions. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Do you ever wonder what the job, um, what a job being an Amazon driver is like? I mean, you see them because you see them everywhere all the time. Every, everywhere like, at all times. Oh, and now they drive those things that, first of all, I saw those vans driving around that said fluid truck on them. Have you have you seen those? Wait, no. Oh, my gosh. I've seen, I feel like, hundreds of them. Um, they're, they're like the Amazon delivery trucks now. I don't know why they're called that. They it used to usually just be in Amazon-labeled vans or trucks, but now they all say fluid truck on them. So I don't know what that is exactly. I probably could Google it and know in just a second, but I haven't done that. Um, but like, I do often wonder. I do often wonder: is that is that like a? I've always been wondering in, in, about jobs that are just like that are primarily like in city driving. Mm-hmm. Like, the, there's a part of me that has always thought, like, you know, if I if I ever was in like deep need of a job, lost a job or something like that, I I think about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> I would, I'd be like, you know, I, I think some kind of a delivery driver. I don't think I would want to be a Uber driver because I don't want to necessarily talk to people right the entire time. <laughs> but like things that actually involve driving around a lot, if there was a decent enough way to make money doing that, I feel like that'd be all right. Maybe it wouldn't. I, I would no want to do rural deliveries more than I would in city. Like it's it's always an interesting question. Like if you found yourself in a position where you were without a job. Um, and you needed to get something at least temporarily and something that you could get quickly, where would be the first, you know, the first place that you would turn for a temporary job like that? I think there's a part of me that maybe, maybe would think about being an Amazon driver, but maybe not. There was also that story too, where they were like, didn't have time to go to the bathroom and Oh stuff yeah, like I remember that. that. Remember that. So I'm not sure. 
Uh, let's hope we don't have to deal with that. <laughs> Other things going on today. Uh, let's do. Let's do. We got another recall. Got it. What does it deal with the food recalls lately, Caleb? My good Trader Joe's got that thing starting when the started when there were rocks and something oh, yeah. and and there were some there's just there's just been a lot over over the course of summer early fall 2023 and now we got another one and this one feels like it's something that everyone has some brand of in their fridge probably and that is the individually sliced american cheese slices you know what i'm talking about right you're making a grilled cheese that thing that you're using to melt on it well hopefully you don't have any of those that are part of this uh, that this of this recall. Kraft Heinz recalling more than 83,000 cases of individually wrapped Kraft Singles cheese slices after it says it received several complaints about wrappers sticking to the slice and becoming a choking hazard. The company explains there was a temporary issue with its cheese wrapping machines that's been fixed, noting there are no reports of injuries or serious health issues. The recall affects the 16-ounce Kraft Singles American pasteurized prepared cheese product with a best when used by date between January 10 and the 27th of 2024, and the three-pound multi-packs of this product are the best when used by date between January 9th and the 13th, advising folks not to eat them and to return them to the place of purchase. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. All right, check your cheese. Well, okay, sorry. Check your cheese product. Officially, I don't think you can even call that cheese. You have to call it cheese product, which is... It's kind of like Velveeta. It's not really cheese. It's a cheese-based loosely cheese-based product with that whole thing but let's i mean i think can we all agree to this even if that was a screw-up at the craft plant in getting those individual cheese slices wrapped correctly have you ever bought the cheaper kinds of the individually sliced cheese because that honestly i don't think the taste makes a difference in getting the grocery store brand or the cheap brand versus the more expensive craft brand the biggest difference is the ability to get that get it out of the wrapper. Oh, cuz it's just stuck. Oh, get, getting your finger getting that very first thing. <laughs> yes, getting that very first part pulled up like if you don't have good nails uh getting that and then yes, like you said, trying to keep that thing trying to keep the cheese from being stuck and it coming off in a perfect square. When you're paying the extra dollars on that, the extra cents on that, that's what you're paying for, the ability to get it out of the wrapper. I mean, I don't think... Do, e- do you actually want your product? Going to have to like, pay for I it. Mean, I'm not, I doubt... I don't think either of them are, is a real high-quality food product, <laughs> to be honest. And listen, I'm not judging because I've had, I'm sure, tens of thousands of those in my life. But that's what you're really paying for with those things. Uh, all right, got to get a couple more here. Oh, man, I got a lot of good one stuff, like entertainment stuff. Yeah, fire well, them first off. We of all, got time. All right. Well, you know, I'm last I run all over Officer Chad's time. He talks for thirty seconds, and everyone's like, oh, "We could use more Officer Chad, less and less of you, Jack." Uh, anyway, uh, we got big news. But how could you stop this big extension contract extension in the Wheel of Fortune world? Uh, Vanna White. You think she might be coming down to the end of her career? It's been a good run. You know, you're thinking you got to be. You've got to be tired of flipping those letters. Well, no, she even, wants to cash you in. You don't even flip those letters. You just touch them now. I don't think. I honestly don't think that they even need her. I think they could light those things up without her pushing the Uh-oh, button. Hot take. At this point, but they they're saying no. Even into the AI future, we want Vanna White a part of this thing. Big contract inked. Vanna White will continue turning those Wheel of Fortune letters. 
producers of the game show announcing the 66-year-old will continue until at least the middle of 2026. <laughs> Signing a new contract as longtime host, Pat Sajak prepares to leave next year. White became Sajak's regular co-host in December 1982. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest Gosh. will take on Wheel of Fortune hosting duties beginning in fall 2024. <laughs> Season 41 viewers will also be able to watch Maggie Sajak, Pat's daughter, showcase the word of the day while traveling. Monica DeLuca, <laughs> Fox News. Cause they got Seacrest. Is there anyone else in Hollywood besides Seacrest to do some of these things? No, he's just like, it's like, well, I assume Seacrest gets the job. Who are you thinking this about point? this? Well, you know, I was kind of thinking these 10 other people, but you know uh, who's available. Right. We got, I mean, we've got to replace Regis. Uh, definitely Seacrest, right? We got to replace Casey Kasem. Definitely Seacrest. We got to replace uh, Pat Sajak. Definitely Seacrest at this point. He's going to replace every, What's happening New Year's? Seacrest. We got to replace Dick Clark. Who's doing that? Seacrest. <laughs> I mean, he's replaced an entire generation of like 15 hosts of things mm-hmm. all by himself. Uh, it's 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 kind of amazing. HBO but, just canceled another show. You, Who could I replace can't believe it? Seacrest. what a time! What a time you would expect Vanna to just say, you know what? It's been a good run. It's been since 1982. Um, Pat's leaving. Probably a time just to clean break, and you know I could stand not to spend part of my week every week just standing there and watching this inane game at this point. And yeah, but Seacrest ain't w- bad looking. Waiting for the lights to turn on. Uh, Seacrest might be thinking the other way around. But anyway. Not bad. Anyway. uh, There you go. Congratulations. Vanna, another, seriously, another three years of doing that. (laughs) Enjoy. It's 654. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Auction pitch out to the side. It's a touchdown, Nebraska. Think 1499.3 KLIN. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Six fifty six LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Officer Chad, thoughts on Vanna White signing a contract extension? Uh, leaves me in a bit of a, a bum puzzle. I can't believe people still want to see her on that show. I, I mean, I, she's I, honestly, been around it's not, forever. It's not even about... Sh- I, I can't believe the show's still going as strong as it is, um, enough that they're able to have a big contract extension like that and bring in Seacrest. Seacrest doesn't come cheap. Yeah, I, I honestly don't get everybody's attraction to Ryan Seacrest. I'm sure he's a good dude, but he is not he is Pat taken over. He has taken over like every... Of our generation, he's take, taken over like every hosting job, right? Yeah. 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 Like, I, I honestly Dick can't Dick Clark, think of... Regis Philbin, uh, Casey Kasem. Uh, and you can't replace a Pat Casey Sajak. Kasem or Dick Clark right. or a Pat Sajak. What do you I mean just... of your generation? He is your generation. Uh, the, all the hosts that we grew up watching. Oh, that you grew up there. watching yeah. from the like, previous generation. Like, yeah, I don't think Seacrest is the only our one, generation. There's only a few exceptions. Uh, Bob Barker. How old do you think Seacrest is? Seacrest? I would say uh, late 30s, early 40s. No, he's 40. He's. I'm going to say 40, 43. He's 48. Okay. Oh, he's older than all me. All right, yeah. He's older than me. Definitely younger than Chad. He's also oh, fu- you, what the? <laughs> He's also five foot eight. You know, I was gonna say I really enjoyed coming in here in the mornings, but geez. no, you can feel better about yourself because he's five foot eight. So he's shorter than you, but taller than Jack. Everybody's shorter than me, man. Yeah, yourself. <laughs> that's on, amazing. Yeah. Amazing stature, not only physically but in the community. Uh, anyway, 
Oh, yeah, we're here to do something. What huh? a, well, yeah. <laughs> well like, last week I gave you about eight seconds, so you got two full minutes today. Congratulations. Hey, we're moving up in the world. Take your time. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we do Nissan Path Misser? <laughs> I, look, I didn't name this, <laughs> Becky. I'm sorry. That's really funny. <laughs> Nissan Path Misser. Glad uh, I can help, uh, guys. Uh, tell her I appreciated that one. I will do. Uh, accident happened 27th P Street. The vehicle shown above, a white Nissan, I almost said it, a Path Misser, but a Pathfinder, is reported to hit another vehicle and then drove off. Like we have some red paint transfer on the driver's side Ooh. rear fender of the bumper. You know where we can find the Nissan Path Finder? Let us know. Come on, don't drive off. You get in an accident. I know. It's the well, worst. I'm sure you guys saw Lindsey Krause. Yeah, yeah, it. no, so, no. yeah. It's been no. a rough week. Yep. <laughs> uh, how about? And again, I didn't name this, Becky. Froddy in the Audi. <laughs> Suspect shown here is reported to have frauded somebody out of about five thousand dollars. Reference the purchase of an Audi. Oh wow! Yeah. So if you can help us figure out who either of those people are, we'd really appreciate it. Wouldn't it be Frouty in the Audi? I'm not sure exactly. That's yeah, Frouty in the Audi. The, that's, or okay, you said Frouty in the Audi. That sounds well. Different. I mean, fraud, fraud, odd. I, <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, hey, wow. if if anybody can help out <laughs> with Frouty in the Audi, well, you can leave an anonymous tip on LincolnCrimeStoppers.com. You can call us at four zero two four seven five thirty six hundred. If we get a clearance and a conviction out of it, we'll give you a cash reward. Can I get an award for uh, leaving an honest tip that's like, hey, good headlines this week? I will give you Becky's number. You can text her and let her know. (laughs) I think I have it, but thank you. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, We got what Chap Tried Wednesday coming up next at 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. From the Momo. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 712, welcome back. 62 degrees in the capital city. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on your Wednesday morning. And it's Wednesday. That means it's what chaps your hide Wednesday We open up our methods of communication to you to tell us what is chapping your hide. We think when you get it off your chest, you're going to be a more pleasant, fun, effective, productive person to be around. And so now is your chance. Give us a call at 402-479-1400 if you haven't already contributed on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today, or on the text line, 402 
479-1400. And so, wow, the phones have been so busy the last few weeks, Caleb, and not a lot right now. So let's check out. Let's check out what we've got on the Facebook page to start things off. Call it. Just so you got a caller. No, that's okay. You know what? The Facebook page and the textures kind of have gotten buried by the callers recently, so that's totally fine. Uh, I don't have a ton on the Facebook page, so we can we can get on this one. Uh, Steven says, uh, "What chaps his side? People who don't show up for interviews." Um, I also feel that way, but I think it's different than what Steven's talking about. <laughs> you think? Different yeah. interview. It's still, it's still uh, not, but, not people showing up. But uh, me, I imagine the uh, the little little meme. Me, hands shaking. Steven, uh, frustrated when people don't show up for interviews. Yes. Um, I think he might be job interviews. Um, oh, I didn't know this one. Anita says, South 84th. O Street to Sandalwood closed in one lane traffic again. Yeah, yes. Is that true? Yes. She says, really getting old redoing the same streets. Thousands inconvenience. Thanks to everyone speeding up to merge and letting in the patient drivers who merged three blocks. It was single lane. When I went home yesterday, it was single lane almost all the way to A Street. And uh, the right lane was wide open. <sighs> there you go. I didn't know that. Why is that? Yeah, exactly. Again, I've I've covered this before, but sorry. I'm always going to be that person. If there are cars lined up to Timbuktu in one lane, and they're simply, I'm going in the other lane, and I'm getting in. There's no rule that says you've got to wait in the big line when it's going to merge there. You don't have to to merge three blocks early. If if John Cook is going to be calling out traffic issues in Lincoln, I wish he had been encouraging the zipper merge while he was at it. Maybe this. Why don't you read the rest of Anita's post? Oh, did I? Did I cut it off? I didn't mean to. Uh, Can you read it? I don't see more, and it might just be because thousands inconvenience. Thanks to everyone speeding up to merge. I said that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, thanks. That's what brought, got me talking about this. Oh, okay. Thanks to everyone speeding up to merge and letting the the patient drivers who merged three blocks earlier. Does it finish after that? No. Okay. That's it. I didn't hear you. I wasn't. I wasn't listening. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's great. No problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. John Cook could have just said, "Hey, we got some yahoos driving on lanes that merge down from two to one who are not zipper merging or not." Or not allowing zipper merging, and I'd like the mayor and the chief of police to be doing something about that. Dad Gummit, let's get Dad these gu- zipper merges these, working. Let's get these. What, how, what, how did he say it? I, I heard the, chi- yahoos, the clip. Yahoos, not yeah, yahoos. Yahoos. I thought that was pronounced yahoos. That's that was one thing that surprised me. In addition to John I, Cook, I, and, I, in addition to John Cook not shopping at Lincoln's celebrity grocery store. Instead, choosing the high on those streets. He can do whatever he wants. You're right. Bully pulpit. He can call him whatever he wants. Phil says, people stopping at empty roundabouts and a competing radio station stealing generation collaboration? Really? Who's stealing our stuff? We, uh, Caleb and I did some recon on this after we saw this last night. Caleb did. I didn't do any of it. And uh, we did find out that there is a somewhat similar... Uh, morning show in town that we are not going to allow to have any extra publicity doing this. Uh, kind of similar. Kind of similar. So be it. 
Yeah, so we're, 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 people, only on, we're only on season four of it. Yeah, so only on season four. We'll, go ahead. We can see if that one's any any better than ours. <laughs> Do I need to call uh, them boomer to. to boomer? I don't think I don't think it's I don't think there are boomers over there to be honest. So that's well, that's the one thing the, they don't have is Mark. That's not the real deal then. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, let's go to the phones right next. I want to spend some more time on a couple of these Facebook ones, but we do have a call on the line right now, and that is Matt. Good morning, Matt. What is chapping your hide today? Good morning. Hey, so I get these customer service surveys, right? Like, mm-hmm. how good was your customer service? Rate right? me on one to five. And then I put three because it was mediocre at best, and then I get this response like, well, if you had taken the time to talk to us, we could have solved your problem. And we always want yes. to have five-star service. Yes. Like, well, do you want my feedback or do you not want my feedback? Because I'm confused. I had I changed cable internet companies, Matt, and they uh, by phone I called them, and they asked me why you know same sort of thing they're like well if you don't mind us asking why did you change and i said well because i had trouble the internet was always you know screwing up and it was slow and i just didn't want to deal with that anymore and they were like well did you call us ever and i was like i think i i was like i think i did a year ago and then they pulled up the record and they were like well i don't see a call over the course of the last two or three years and like am i being interrogated here your internet sucks that's it don't i shouldn't have to you think i want to go through that process of calling and figuring it out with you oh i'm sure that would have changed everything too come on you would have told me to restart my router Matt, good point. We went we went to a hotel recently, and we walked into the room, and there was like, it was clear nobody had vacuumed. Like there was just stuff on the floor, and that's what I said in my survey there was stuff on the floor. Well, if you would, and I was thinking to myself, well, if you would have just vacuumed the floor, you would have got <laughs> right. What right. is vacuum on request only now at that these <laughs> exactly. places? I agree. I'm I'm hearing you on that one, Matt. Thanks for calling. Appreciate. It. Have a good <laughs> yeah. one. I got so mad on that one. She kept she kept going back at me and I was like I was like, "Ma'am, I don't want to I don't want to relitigate how much I because you know what happens a lot of times when you call these customer service places especially for something like internet. Like you're going they're not there. They I mean, they're telling you to do the obvious things. I'm sorry, I want a company that I don't have to call frequently to have it work when i need it to work mm-hmm. that's it okay and so i didn't want to and by the end she's laying a guilt trip on me because i didn't do that i was so annoyed i was so annoyed i just uh i just you can guess and- by the way you can guess who those that company <laughs> was i'm not saying it over the last couple of days i changed my uh my, you, w- you wouldn't have been able to watch uh espn would you on your old one uh, no comments <laughs> oh uh, over the last couple of days, I changed my my auto insurance, and I called them, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to I want to cancel. I'm going to go with someone else." They said, "Well, well, why is that?" I was like, "My rate's going up fifty yeah. percent." Well, have you given us a chance to to go to go through and and do a review and see if we can make a better offer? I was like, "Okay, fine, that, that that's fine." They went through, and they're like. Well, we're going to make it so that your coverage is way worse, and we can save you about five dollars. I was like, "Well, that doesn't make up for for what I what I." Enough I'm of these guilt trips for us not being the one to <laughs> have to, I given you a chance to make uh, up for your faulty service or pricing. Yeah, that's I, on you. I was with you for that's seven years. That, that, that was that was what I gave you. <laughs> I mean. Just, 
Uh, excuse me here. There's a there, there's a bug in my food here. I'd like to I'd like to bring it back. Well, did you say at the outset that you didn't want bugs in your food? Hmm? I don't know. I mean, if you didn't specify, you know, you how are we? Kind of on you. How would we know this? Okay, <laughs> so this is on you. Okay, I hope you feel bad. Can't go eat. <laughs> Seriously, it's got the protein. Uh, Joy Real says chapping her eye to corporate America. Well, I mean, it's kind of what we're saying here, I guess, too. A little bit more narrow. Uh, I'm corporate America, that's a pretty broad brush. <laughs> that's why I said a little more narrow. Uh, the media. <laughs> the media. Oh, there's a there's a high chapper for me. <laughs> Talking about media as a monolith, but we're not going to get into that. Karen says SEC voting to increase my taxes. And then we got to get to Becca's. Because I, I don't know if she's calling me out directly on this one or if it's other people, but she says, calling Nebraska Parkway Old Highway 2. I do that. Guilty as charged. I call Beck, I call uh, Nebraska Parkway Old Highway 2. And it, in all honesty, is because I can't remember if it's Nebraska Parkway or Nebraska Expressway. Almost every time. I guess, I don't know if I need a mnemonic device or what it is, but I just say Old Highway 2. And the other thing is, if I say Old Highway 2, I would also bet that more of the listeners know what I'm talking about than if I said Nebraska Parkway. Don't you agree? Yep. At least for now? They're they're sort of interchangeable at this point. There will be some point in time when uh, you're old and decrepit and younger people are driving. Well, it's no, just, they won't be because it'll all be they, driverless cars. Honestly, they have got to give it a name. They've they've got to name it after someone or something. Old Deuce. They've got to they've got to do something to make it. I mean, Nebraska Parkway is just too generic for that thing. If we're changing a name, you've got to make it. And I, I'll stop calling it Old Highway too. Like if they put on the name, you know that. Like if they made it, you know, Jack Mitchell Memorial Highway. Matt, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, how about uh, you know, how about a street that John Cook can appreciate? How right, about John Cook Way. How about yeah, yeah. How about John Cook Way, John Cook Highway? I'm pretty sure John Cook Way is just going to end up around the Devaney Center at some I, point. I promise, I would, I would remember that if they put John Cook's name on it at this point. And I bet people would drive very carefully on it as well. Look, that'd be two birds with one stone, to be honest. With that whole thing. It'd probably just draw a bunch of yahoos. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? How about that? <laughs> Yahoo Highway. Yahoo Express. Just, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm I'm going to keep doing that, I'm afraid, for a little while. Look at that. I didn't even get to the text line again, Caleb. Terrible. Terrible. That was kind of a short... It's kind of a short deal, too. Only one phone call and a few Facebook posts. But so be it. All right, slow. What chaps your hide program really chaps my We're getting close to utopia is what that means. <laughs> Six, uh, excuse me, 724, 624 for our listeners up in the mountains. How far, uh, how far is that from Unadilla? Well, uh, utopia. Utopia. <laughs> you you got to keep, keep going. You got to get to Beatrice. That's what I've named my vacation home oh, okay. estate there. Just Ut- utopia Acres. All right, seven uh, twenty-four on LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Chris Lofgren. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So let's get going with that, starting where we always start, of course, with number five. Well, it may not make any difference in the ultimate when the ultimate decision is made, but there was several hundred people that showed up at that joint public hearing last night on property tax increases. A couple of smaller communities, Lincoln City, LPS, Southeast Community College. Southeast Community College actually had the biggest increase in property tax uh, figures, and they drew quite a bit of ire. Um, Ten Eleven actually, uh, uh, John Griswold was uh, there, and he saw one guy outside uh, that just was protesting with a sign that said "overtaxed." But there were they had to use an overflow room inside because uh, I've heard estimates from two to three hundred people were being there, were there. So a lot of uh, people upset. Well, uh, uh- over the valuation increases and not reducing the levies or, in fact, in the case of Southeast Community College, increasing the levy. So, yeah, I guess that does. We were talking to to Joe Jordan earlier this week, and he talked about in some of the places in the state where this was happening, they were very sparsely attended. So not definitely not the case in the city of Lincoln. But as you said at the beginning, it's it's just it's this one-off thing. And, like, I, I don't even know... And I don't know if you know this, Mark, either, but like, who is there representing all of these taxing authorities? Or is, is it required to be there under state law? Well, in this case, it was mostly uh, staff. Okay. And that was one of the big criticisms that came out from several people, is the, the elected officials were not there. And they're the ones that vote on this stuff. There were some very critical issues. One, one uh, lady testified that... Uh, She's trying to recruit people to, to Lincoln and, and uh, to expand their business. They have a tough time with the income tax compared to states that have no income tax. But she said on the property tax, she actually befriends some people. And she says, I get them there. I kind of befriend, befriend them so that I can get them to come here and vote these people out with me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how far the angst and the ire is going. Highly critical it, it, of the assessment process. It's well. it's it's such a. I'm sure it's a vexing thing for people on every side of this issue because there are some people who say how can how can anybody how can anybody be okay with this how can anybody stand this, but then the elections you know go in the way that they go and you see a lot of the same happening in these taxing authority places for the most part right there aren't mass changes. 
Um, and so, like, that's the whole thing. And I can completely understand and respect that, that people are frustrated. I just... What I don't get about this state thing, Mark, it, it, it does give them a voice, and boy, did people take it last night. But, like, when it gets down to, for instance, the city or LPS making their budget... Is is this is the hope is the hope that the comments that were made last night is just going to have kind of a lingering effect? No, they're and hope- it's going to be considered in that process. No, what they want is they want them to go back before they vote on the final budget and make cuts. That's, that's that's what they're looking. For. That ain't happening. I don't think. I mean, the timing the timing is weird in in that process. The timing but, is. It, it, I mean, the I mean, the city is the. I know most about the city's process. Um, Right, but in the city's case, they had a, they had a two year budget. Right, uh, the valuations comes out, and that would have meant a fourteen million dollar increase in revenue just on the valuation increases. Mm-hmm. So the city's uh, over what they had budgeted. Right, and and so the city says, well, we're going to cut the levy cut the then. Levy. Yep. But they only cut it so that it reduces it by six million. They still right. increased but the budget. I understand that. No, I mean I fully understand that that and, they could have. They and, could have cut more based on the valuations. And they besides, they're sitting, sitting on $103 million in cash that they've taken in in the past few years that they uh, hadn't uh, budgeted for. I'm not, And I'm not arguing against any of that. All I'm saying is the timing of this in September of the year well, is I, ju- when, there, when there have already been the, the presentation, the public hearings, all of these things on the budget itself part, part it of, does not lend itself to... To be True. to the state have created some sort of an effective tool for the citizenry to impart their will on these processes, at least in that case. Problem is that valuation protests can go in, through until uh, the end of July, I believe. So they don't get the final valuations until mid-August, and that is when the uh, final decisions or the proposals are put forward when they get that valuation total. That's. That's the biggest issue right here. When valuations go up on an average of twenty-two plus percent, uh, and that's uh, you know that's only been out a little over a month. Yeah. So, like seriously, like legit. This is not me trying to play gotcha, but like, were these kind of crowds there when they do have done and did the budget public hearings? There, there were some the line by line ones. There were some, and in some instances, like LPS, they also did virtual presentations. Mm-hmm. So. There's, there's been more pressure to do these uh, and, and for people to show up at the uh, budget I hearings. Just, I think the state got people's hopes up. <laughs> I, and, maybe, and maybe not. Maybe they're realistic about it. But um, there are pro- there are processes that are in place. There are elections that are in place right now on all of these things. And I don't... When you're bringing staff to this hearing, when these places are where they are in their budget processes, I feel like the likelihood of them making a real impact is low, but we're talking about it at least. I guess that's something, Mark. Yep, yep. And, that's you know, something. And, but, and these types of meetings put pressure on the elected officials if they want to stay in office. And one other note I will have is obviously these taxing entities impact their budget or in Southeast Community College, that, that situation raising the limit. That is something they control. That is something that makes sense to speak to at that moment. There's also a lot of people who are speaking to the valuations that yes. came out, which is not in the purview of these taxing authorities that were the ones being That's spoken to. Like, that was a big chunk of the whole thing. And right. 
but the taxing authorities did not reduce levels. Uh, did not. Levies. I know, but people. I mean, there was specific testimony where the guy was basically like, "Hey, all I've done is mow my lawn and water my lawn, <laughs> and my oh, yeah. and my my thing went up. That shouldn't have happened." And the city might be like, "Yeah, I don't disagree." At this point, or LPS might be like, I, you know, you're not making a bad point to us. We just don't control that at this right. point. Yeah, so, it, and when you know, and and listen, I'll I'll continue to say this on this issue, Mark. Um, it's it's using property tax like you do to fund so many important things and have these valuations go up and your taxes go up with them. It is one of the few. It's a frustrating tax because when my house value goes up. or whatever it did this last time around, which is a bunch, I'm not realizing an income gain when that happens. I do not realize that unless I sell my house. Yeah, that's that's exactly... Unlike in in income tax, if my income for a year is up $40,000, I'm at least realizing an income gain in that situation. And so that, I think, is the biggest frustration. That's why the state hears so much about this, all of those things. That's the biggest thing that this is such an issue. And bottom line is, these are all giant band-aids. The letter writing, the, the the letter writing from the state to the local entities saying, "Please don't spend more." Those are band-aids. This needs a either a systemic fix if you're really going to fix it, and that means having people who are really going to be elected who are going to change the budget, or you change the entire system somehow, which is also thrown around there sometimes. Yep. But anyway, there we go. Number four. I'll let you talk to most uh, most about this, but the Lancaster County Attorney's Office upgraded charges against 22-year-old Angel Rodriguez Alvis. He was initially charged with assault on James Baylor. Uh, as we've reported, though, uh, Baylor ultimately died, and that uh, is now the charge has been upgraded to manslaughter. Uh, tough one to talk about. Um, I, this is what I expected to happen. Um, this is typically what happens when there's some kind of a um, an assault or something like that that may not had have had may not have had the intent of um, taking someone's life, but that ended up happening that way. And so I expected these charges were brought. They were brought, um, and now now this uh, this defendant, the suspect, uh, has himself in a place where he's facing homicide charges um, after after this whole thing. It's a sad, it's a sad, crappy, terrible situation in so many different ways, and frustrating situation as well. And stupid. I mean, um, but but yeah, they're they're going to be getting into this, and it could end up very well. Could end up with with this whole thing turning into a manslaughter charge that I don't know that was something he was even contemplating at the time of that whole thing happening. Probably not, to be honest, but. Um, that was the that was the result of what happens. That legal process will go on, and I know there's there's a family that's still dealing with the just inexplicable grief and pain that that comes along with something that seems so senseless at this point. Number three, Big Ten Conference announced the full slate of men's basketball schedules for the 23-24 season, and again, Nebraska. On the road for the opener. Yeah, seven out of the last eight years, the first Big Ten game, as a matter of fact, is on the road. This one at Minnesota, December 6th. You'll get to come back home for December 10th. Now that's still in the middle. You've got a couple of non-conference games around those, including Creighton and Kansas State. So it'll be a kind of a wild mid-December. Now the big glaring, to me, air in this schedule, no Iowa at home. 
Yeah, Iowa was a single play team. There are a few. Now, I guess on the other side of that, though, Caleb, you get Michigan State and Purdue only at home, and you don't have to travel to those venues. Right. Yeah, so which, which is nice because benefit. those are hard places and to play. You get those games out of the way within the first what five games of the uh-huh. of the Big Ten schedule as well. There is. Uh, you kind of look at the end of the schedule too, where you have uh, Penn State at Indiana, Indiana, Minnesota at Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan. That looks like one of those ones. If things are going well and you need wins down the end, hopefully that's a schedule. It looks like it could be a schedule that mm-hmm. is more. Well, listen, I'm not trying to trash any team here at this point, but I think we know what the pecking order of the really good teams. It's in favorable the Big Ten in comparison. Purdue is going to be the best. Michigan State's probably going to be right up there as well at the very top of this whole thing. Uh, Illinois will probably be good. Indiana will be good, and then there'll be a middle tier that probably has Michigan and Ohio State and. Um, Maryland uh, in that as well. Uh, Northwestern's kind of getting up there as well. But I mean, listen, you, I'm not, I'm not trash, trashing any team here at this point. But it, it doesn't. Uh, the good thing on a on a separate note on this, Caleb, one of Nebraska basketball fans' gripes about the Big Ten schedule in the last few years is that it feels like Nebraska always had their home games on weeknights and the road games on weekends. Yeah, or at least it was heavily skewed that way. Uh, Nebraska gets a lot more home weekend games, it seems like. Yeah, they do. Uh, on, on this whole thing. Three home games on Sundays, three home games on Saturdays, compared to only two away on those days. Only, only if I'm counting here right, one, two, three, four home weekday games. Uh, two on a Tuesday, one on a Wednesday, one on a Thursday. Well, and when you get to February... Because the season goes until your your last game of the regular season until you get to the Big Ten tournament is March 10th. That's a road game. But when you get to February, between there and March, you have February 1st, a home game. That's on a Thursday. The rest of your home games, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Yep. So you, you build it up at the end of the season that, especially if things are going well, it is an opportunity for fans to be there at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And you got a big tone setter at the beginning of the year when you get Creighton and Michigan State back-to-back Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, this schedule has been set up this year a little bit differently in the non-con than other years, Caleb, where it's designed for Nebraska to get some games that they... a chunk of games that they should win early. Uh, they do go and they play Oregon State in Sioux Falls. They play, like you said, Kansas State a little later. But they could get into those Creighton and Michigan State games. The hope is, I'm sure, to be looking at, you know, seven and one, well, I don't know how many games there'll be, but like seven and one, eight and one, that kind of a that kind of a record at that point. Yeah. And you set the tone with those two. Those are going to be huge tone setting games for the second half of the season or second two thirds of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's, it's it not a bad schedule. Sometimes it seems like you get hosed on a few things. This yep. this one's fine. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Number two. Last evening, we got an email from uh, the Lincoln Airport uh, Communications Director, uh, Rachel Barth, and uh, the update is that they're aware of a situation pertaining to processing refunds for certain Redway customers. Out of about 16,000 bookings for canceled flights, about 600 are still waiting for refunds. Um, They are saying that if you haven't gotten it yet, you might want to email customerservice at goflyred.com. They say, uh, the airport anyway, says they understand the account is being monitored by Redway. And they go on to say that if you don't get anything there, U.S. Department of Transportation. We've got that information uh, posted at KLIN.com, including 
telephone number to uh, contact the uh, federal government. I'm sorry. What kind of a rinky-dink operation was this thing? Honestly. it's. I mean, the more you hear about that, that whole thing and now things like this where people aren't even getting refunded for the flights that they took, it really makes you... It really makes you wonder how this didn't ever appear as anything other than... And, and listen, you can call me out because I was excited when it when it started. I liked the idea. Um, in some ways, it almost did sound too good to be true, and it turns out that it was with this whole thing. But that's that has got to be unbelievably frustrating if you've got these customers, not only who had planned a trip that they don't get it going anymore, but now they might be out the money that they paid for it. Or at least they are to this point. So yeah, it's it's crappy. It's it's really it sounds incredibly small time. Number one, Lincoln's largest electrical vehicle ride and drive events being presented this Sunday by Lincoln Electric System, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Haymarket Park. Attendees will be able to test drive at least one electric vehicle, uh, maybe a BMW, a Cadillac, a Chevy, Ford, GMC, Nissan, Rivian. Rivian. Whoa. I get to get try my Rivian, Tesla, Toyota, and Volkswagen. Uh, I just want to. I want to. I want to get. Uh, actually, I don't even care about driving it. I just want to pull out the little tailgate table and fire up the range. Cook maybe some breakfast burritos on there or something. You should reserve a test drive. Yeah, test drive it off site so that you can tailgate somewhere else. Test. Yeah, dri- uh, you can. You can uh, reserve a test drive at les.com/slash drive again. I just don't want to stop for a half hour and charge a thing up. <laughs> that's still the that's still really the bottom line on these things for me. Nor do I want to pay a hundred thousand dollars for the car itself. But you could always, you know, buy a, a, a generator and put it under trailer and just tow the generator. But I still got to stop at some point. No, to, just just hook it up and. Oh, can you do that? Is that a thing? I, I would imagine. All right. I guess I'll do that then for the future. 7.56, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. That's your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge and Wealth Management on KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is 8.10, and it is time for Quick Check of Fantasy Huskers and giving you a keyword that you can text into us and maybe get a pick in Fantasy Huskers to win yourself that prize pack. Caleb, what is our text or uh, word for the text today? Yale. Yale, Y-A-L-E. 
All right. Interesting. Yale. Yale. Y-A-L-E is the word for uh, for today, for this pick. I tried to tie it to our guest. All right. All right. There you go. It's 8-11, and it's time to check in with Mayor Lyrian Gaylor Baird, who joins us right now. Good morning, Mayor. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Jack. I'm doing really well. Nice to be with you all. Yeah, good to uh, good to have you with us. I want to I want to start with we got a bunch of stories this morning about a lot of people showing up for uh, a public hearing that uh, was uh, that basically I understand is is mandated by the state um, at this time of year after people get a pink postcard that taxing show what taxing authorities are doing essentially property valuation and the city's a part of it but there are a lot of other entities that are a part of it as well um I, I guess i guess most generally from for for you from the beginning there were probably people there who were talking um in part about the city about uh, in a part about others that basically saying hey the net result of of expenditures by these taxing authorities are my taxes are going up uh, property values are going up in some cases levies are reduced but my taxes are still going up we think that spending needs to be further controlled needs to be better controlled in these situations so the tax the property tax bill isn't what it is i guess just generally your response to 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 the people who are saying that that yesterday and and have been saying that yeah well we certainly understand the need to balance uh spending with making investments that people ask for all year long we we at the city are really close to our community and we have our city council chambers where people come in week after week talking about what they want for our community, whether that's public safety related or economic opportunities uh, or even just quality of life improvements. So we hear from the public up close and personal all year long and we definitely hear from them during our budgeting process. So we work to strike the balance that we think meets the demands of the public from both a cost control side and services side. They, you know, they want us to be fixing streets. They want us to make sure that there's adequate fire service when we add it, when we annex new land into the city. And our budget is dynamic. We do a biennial budget, but new things happen during the year. For instance, the, the same state that's requiring this hearing um, cut some of our funding, over half a million dollars of funding for health department, for StarTran, and we have to fill those gaps to continue to meet just normal service demand. So it is a balance. What, what do you do with testimony like this at this, you know, at this kind of a, a hearing? And I don't know if there was staff there or how it was run exactly, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's at a, it's at a time when the budget process is a little bit down the road right now for the changes that were made this biennium. I don't know how that affects the other taxing authorities. I think people are most familiar probably with the city process and this whole thing. But like, what do you do with this? What can you do with this when you have this kind of an opportunity for people to speak on this? And I understand that being said, I do understand people talk at city council meetings during the regular budget processing on this too. Right. They do during the regular budget process and all year long. So we we take that sum total and it informs our decision making going forward. And we'll be starting our next year's budgeting, your next biennium budgeting process early uh, in 2024. So we can take into consideration what people are prioritizing, what they think is most important for us to do or not do. I, I, get, I mean, I, I'm wondering about just the, the I understand, I think, what the state is trying to do here, I, I mean, in the end, the state hears a lot of people say that they want property taxes reduced. The state doesn't have a lot 
you know, to do. There are state laws, but they're not the taxing authority for property taxes. And so they're saying they want people to be aware of where it's coming from because it's not them. They want people to be aware of what's coming from, exactly what's happening, and be able to say something about it. I know there are also letters going out from the state to, I think, particularly school boards saying, hey, we would like you, you know, to kind of decrease spending. Is that, are, are these methods, like, are they, do you think they're having an impact? Is this a way? Is this a way to kind of work together with these government entities to try and make this a well-informed process and something that works better for the state and the city, or like, is or is this something too where the timing for it makes it so there's not a ton you can do when you have this feedback at this point? Look, I think this is a really limited way to go about it. It's certainly doesn't build a sense of cohesion or partnership. It certainly doesn't examine the value you get for your services and and for your contributions to the city or the schools or uh, other taxing authorities. Um, Because I think that most of those people who show up, if you ask them, do you want quote-unquote relief from fire and emergency services, they would say no. Or do you want relief from police patrolling our streets? I don't think they would say yes. So I think it's it's looking at the equation from the input size, but not evaluating the value that you get. And we're really proud of our city teams and the incredible value of what they do with our tax dollars, whether that's fixing streets in every quadrant of the city, whether that's, you know, making sure that we're buying tanker trucks, t- tanker trucks at LFR so that we can actually respond to fire and emergency calls at the edge where we've just annexed in land that doesn't have fire hydrants yet, Uh, whether or not we're we're growing the business improvement district uh, and and working with our partners at DLA to serve more businesses and grow downtown, or even just paying lifeguards more, which we had to do this past year in order to operate our public pools so that kids have a fun and low-cost option this summer to learn how to swim. Uh, We think there's great value for what we're doing, and that that usually gets lost in this kind of a kind of airing of grievances I, 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 like the state gets brought up to them I, I, i'm just trying to get my, the state gets brought up to them they, they want property taxes reduced all the time the legislature's working they feels like they've been working on it mayor for umpteen years and some things have happened so this is one of the things that's happened with this thing is there i mean is, does there need to be a better or a different relationship or method in going through this process and at least looking the property taxes i don't know if you think the property tax you know system is perfect for doing the funding of the city or the school board or any of those things or if it needs reform but like is there a way that that relation it's, it's just a bizarre sort of thing because they're not the taxing entity that does it right if they if we were talking about state income tax it would it would make a lot of sense for them to to tweak this thing but they're not the one that is leveling it is there some kind of a better collaboration and discussion on this that could be had uh in terms of the system i know that's a big question and yeah. it's what they've been then trying to figure out but i am just kind of curious with your experience seeing this play out in front of you for years yeah Well, I think from a 30,000-foot perspective, I look over at the Capitol, and there is a vast majority politically over there that could get things done to offset property taxes at the local level if there's, there's real opportunities for reform in the taxing structure, and they have the numbers to do it. So I think the real question for them is, is what, you know, why isn't it working? Why aren't you getting to decision? I think partly it comes down to when you really look at what you might uh, due to reform, there are there are trade-offs that have to be made, and, and they can be painful. But uh, I think that that is a part of the question people should be asking of folks at the state level of government. Um, and 
And then uh, I think another big picture question is, uh, you know, if, if you look around what we have to work with at the city, it's a very limited number of revenues and sources. And part of that is making working to make Nebraska a more dynamic and economically vibrant place, a more attractive place for people to live and work and play. And our state folks have a real role in that regard as well. I, you know, I appreciate the work they do to go out and try and attract businesses here. We do that at the local level as well. Uh, but you also have to create an environment that says Nebraska is open to business for everyone. You can't pick and choose and attack certain members of our community who are LGBTQ or who don't look the way you look. So if you really want us to grow, you've got to grow with everyone. And I think some of the things that happen at the state legislature, which discourage people from thinking that Nebraska is a welcoming place, you know, it's like biting off your nose to spite your face. So we will continue to be an open and welcoming city. We will continue to do everything we can to support our businesses and our people, uh, recognizing that actually our budget is limited in how much it can grow every year by state statute. Like, is there any frustration that it, the property tax is the tool that it is? Because, you know, like I understand why people are, I'm frustrated by it too, because my valuation goes up. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was like $40,000. It was huge. It went up a ton. My valuation went down. I mean, listen, my house is, uh, I take care of my house, but I didn't, like this last time around, I didn't do anything to make it go crazy in terms of value. It was the market around it, basically. And I don't plan on selling my house, Mayor, for, you know, 10 years. I don't know how long it's going to be. So I'm not going to realize... I don't see that change in value. I don't have, in, it's not like when my income goes up, I do state or federal income taxes, those go up. So, like, I see the, I can understand the frustration with this taxing system, why the state hears it, why you hear it with all of those things. Um, and I'm not asking you to fix the system or change, change the system, but like, is that, is it frustrating to be within those constraints sometimes? Because I think you probably understand why, why people get pissed off about it too. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we gave a historic tax rate cut, the largest in 20 years from the city. Um, but we are just 16% of that property tax slice. So it right. is, it, you're that's not going to feel the biggest impact from, from what we do at the city yes. to reduce. And I think what I would hear more about, what I hear more about all year round is the demand for services. So if you're getting, um, you know, rising increases, but your service is diminishing. That's really the biggest problem that we want to avoid. So we're trying to get the most bang for our buck with our tax limited tax dollars to make sure that people continue to know that this is a safe community, that there's opportunity for everyone, and that, you know, I know the public schools are very concerned about making sure everyone has a quality education. Yeah. Well, and it is true. The city does get a lot of the, the brunt of that discussion. Yeah. They're only a part of the equation, right. I mean. but And yeah. I would I would just mention that our largest source of tax-funded budget is sales tax. That's, and so, yeah. you know, we actually rely more on the whims of a of tax that is volatile to try to deliver our services, recognizing that we can grab outside dollars from outside our community through sales tax. Um, so, so we are mindful of trying to strike a, a, a better balance. Um, changing gears a little bit. It's always interesting when a when a city issue gets a lot of traction because a Husker coach talks about it. But uh, John Cook was bringing up O Street after there was an accident involving one of his players. She's going to be fine. That's good news as well. But it's something that we've heard a lot about um, just over the last year in different fashions, and that's about O Street specifically. Um, and you know, in, whether it's enforcement of speeding, whether it's whether it's kind of the traffic flow, whatever the problem 
problem is it seems to be a big problem area in the city. Is that a concern that that you share? That's been something that's a priority before? I'm just kind of curious because he said, hey, we'd love for the chief of police and the mayor to, to kind of get involved and do something on this. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, we were really all of our city team and myself, we're sorry to hear about that accident and we wish her, you know, very quick and full recovery from any harm that she experienced. And, you know, we get up and come to work every day thinking about how to protect the public safety. So we do work hard to both patrol and prevent accidents as we notice drivers' behavior that isn't safe, that may be reckless. We work to curb that and we do it not only with police, but also with our traffic engineering team. So you know about Green Light Lincoln. We we time signals so that if you're speeding, you're going to come up to a red light. We work to slow and calm traffic with the tools we have to do that. And just this summer, we had a really big effort on O Street to try to make sure that people understand the speed limits and are behaving properly on the roads. But, you know, ultimately... Safety is something we co-create in our community. Safety will come down to driver behavior, and it's really important, I think, to remind everyone that we all have a responsibility to avoid distractions, to follow the speed limit, to really be thoughtful about the fact that when you're on the road, like, those are people's children on the road. Those are our Husker athletes on the road. Those are our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors. We all have an ability and a responsibility to drive safely and protect one another. Well, and, and it, I mean, it does sound like this was on, this is on the city's, O Street specifically is on the city's radar, right? I yeah. mean. Well, it's the uh, most highly, it's like one of the most high traffic streets in the city. It's actually like a, a highway. <laughs> right. And we work to calm traffic uh, on that street through our, through our, you know, public safety teams and our traffic engineering teams. Yeah, um, yeah, but <laughs> I'm sure it would be interesting to see the uh, the text that you got after that when <laughs> when the volleyball coach was mentioning the mayor and the chief of police after after a match. I'm sure I'm sure you heard plenty after uh, that was that was yeah. said and done. Well, and we also heard from Coach Cook, and I really appreciated that after the heat of that moment, he did reach out to our teams and recognize the hard work they do and how hard their jobs are and how much they do care about safety. So we really appreciated that outreach well i think like uh i think to say it a little bit more bluntly than you did people could quit driving like idiots and that would help part of the problem as well so that might be nice too you know and also like own your mistakes the fact that that driver drove off after she pulled over i mean that's despicable so we need people to own and be accountable for their choices mayor i appreciate your time uh we'll get into some of the other stuff going on in the news when we talk to you here next month and uh have a good uh have a good fall we'll talk to you again soon all right Thanks, Jack. Nice there you to be with you. Yep, Mary Lirian, Gaylor, Mayor. At 825, we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. We're making a catch at the 10. Five. That is a touchdown, Nebraska. Think 1499.3 KLIN. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska Airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Hi, welcome back. It is 837 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. It's September 20th, 2023. Ah, we're done talking about property taxes for a while. Thank goodness. Makes me unhappy in multiple ways, but... That's what you think. But, yeah, maybe <laughs> not. Surprise, John. Ready for property tax talk. Uh, how you doing this morning? Don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah, I don't even get me started. I figured. I'm That's j- fine. I, 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 can you hear me okay in my $1.5 million uh, <laughs> assessed home? That's right. Yeah, I mean, technically, your portfolio says you're a multimillionaire now, so congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how realistic it is. but Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you are the Nebraska coaches and you've you're coming into this game against Louisiana Tech, I'm just curious because I don't think I know the answer of what I would do exactly. Um, if Jeff Sims comes in at least in a spot where he is close enough to a hundred percent that you know you would you would play him if he was the like you're not you're not risking anything. He's close. He's either a hundred percent or close to one hundred percent, and you got the option to do that or Heinrich Harburg. What option, like, how are you weighing those options? How are you making that decision? I know probably the obvious answer is, well, whatever gets you the best chance to win. But I don't, some people will say, well, it's obviously Heinrich Harburg. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, What do you think goes through their mind when they make this decision going forward? Well, I I, I wish I knew. I mean, I I, I know this is what I would do um, if this were me. I would... Given what I have invested, I'm I'm speaking like I'm Matt Rule, but given what has been invested in Jeff Sims in terms of, you know, recruiting him and choosing him out of the portal and working with him, the, the only thing that would surprise me is if Jeff Sims were making these same mistakes in practice and yet they continued to work him and play him in the first two games, which I don't think happened. So I think you owe it. I think you owe it to him. You also owe it to yourself and what you've spent the last eight months or nine months, you know, gearing up for to send him back out there uh, in a, dare I say, a winnable game. Uh, at home and see what he's capable of doing because the dynamics around the situation have changed. They've changed in that you now know you have a very capable backup quarterback. You have a very capable guy who could take the reins and win you a football game. And and now you wonder how that affects Jeff Sims. I'm not familiar with, you know, totally how the situation went at at, at Georgia Tech, but I'm assuming that you know, there, it may have been somewhat similar in that 
you know, there wasn't a lot of great depth behind him. But Nebraska thinks that they now have some depth behind him. So I think you owe it to yourself to, you know, give him another opportunity. Just know now that the leash is a lot shorter. And if you have to make a change midstream, you have to make a change midstream. The thing that complicates all of this, though, is what happened earlier this week, and that's learning that you've lost two of your top three running backs. Right. So you're going to need both of these guys at some point. I agree. And, and I've, I've, I've crunched the numbers. Nebraska is running their quarterbacks at a level we haven't seen since Jamal Lord. Right. And if, and if, and for fans who either don't remember or, you know, aren't old enough, Jamal Lord led the team in both rushing attempts and rushing yards in 2002. He set the, he the program attempts. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 251 attempts in 2002, um, which is the program record. And then the following year, he still ran it over 200 times. Nebraska is on a pace right now, how they're running their quarterbacks of averaging about as many attempts per game as Jamal Lord had in 2002, with the difference being that team ran more plays per game than this team is running. So by a percentage of the offense, the quarterback run game is even more emphasized so far through three games than it was in 2002. So you're going to need both guys. Right. Uh, and, and, and I think. I think it's in, in, in how you communicate everything, it's going to be very clear. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if on Saturday we see both quarterbacks. Um, again, assuming that Sims is healthy, but I think in terms of the psych, the psychological component of it and, and, and what, what it means for Jeff Sims, I think if he's healthy, he should be the guy that goes out there first and you give him a chance to atone for the first two games and see how he responds to the new dynamic, the new dynamic of, Hey, there's competition now. And if, if you don't straighten up and fly, right, you're going to see more time on the sidelines than you are in the field. The, the, the hard thing I think for fans is going to be, because if they, if they do, if Sims is close enough to a hundred, let's say he, and he starts, which I think he will, if he is close enough to a hundred percent, will will be the one who starts. There's obviously a thought process that is going through the heads of the coaching staff where they say, we still think we know who this guy is through watching him practice through the entire spring and through the fall. And we think the turnover rate in those first two games, three of them, I I believe each game, that would have been his responsibility, either picks or fumbles. We think that is a bit fluky and there's going to be a regression to the mean on all of that. They've obviously got to think that if they are going to go with him again. I just don't think, you know, when he comes back, if he comes out in that situation, I don't know how the fan base will react. They they probably aren't sold on that. They think that, hey, we've seen the sample. This is what this guy does. This is what this guy is going to do. And that's, I think, where the that's where the tension is between maybe the the. De- so and so, the so-called debating sides on this whole thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I I fully expect if Jeff Jeff Sims is the first guy to trot out there, um, that you're going to hear at the very least the murmurs, and you may even hear a few boos. But you know what? That's a part of the process. That's a part of you know dealing with being the star. You know, it's easy to be the number one guy and the star when your face is on billboards and you're selling combo meals and you know you're at Big 10 media days, but this is the price of 
of being the guy. If you don't perform to the level that is satisfactory, you're going to hear you're going to hear the, you know, the disgruntlement in the fan base. And and that's fine because that's you grow from that. I mean, goodness knows <laughs> other players already have shown that uh, if they feel that they've been disrespected, that uh, they use it as motivation. It's 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 fine because this is how you learn how good you really are. You know, nobody from Tom Brady to, you know, Zach Wilson, everybody has heard the booze at some point in their career. So it's how you play through that. That's important. So, yeah, I mean, sure, you never like to go through that, but I think I think it's necessary in terms of the growth process. So, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't weigh that too much into my decision when it comes to, uh, you know, who plays when they play, because ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to play the guy that wins you the game that can do the best to win you the game. And with this team playing like they are defensively, um this is uh this is this is a team that I think can win some football games and and maybe even more than I anticipated at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that and that's the that's the shame as we're always talking about this first thing. I try and work in I'll work in some defense too here in in just a second. But I know it's a small sample that we've seen of both of them really. I mean, two games for one, one of the other other than some, you know, I guess you've seen Sims at Georgia Tech if you've watched that and the little bit that Harburg has done beyond what he did on Saturday. But I, I, my question for you is, is there, like, from what you've seen at least, is there a big different, difference in who these two guys are enough that enough that you wouldn't just consider who's less prone to making turnovers? I know that sounds like a really dumbed-down way to make a decision on quarterback, but there's a part of me that thinks maybe that's really just it. It's just which which of these two guys is able to, especially with the style of games that you just referred to, that Nebraska might have to win that. Like, is that the by far maybe the number one factor between these two and what might or might not separate them? I, it, it has to be because I, I I don't know now. We can only look at it from what we have seen, and that's you know three ball games. Limited. Yes, the coaches obviously have seen practices, and you know. And, and Matt Rule is big on, you know, you, you practice well, you play well, right? You better, you better do show in practice or you're not going to get on the field for games. Uh, so, you know, from, from the perspective that we can only have, and that is as watching the games, that's, it's another reason why I think you have to go back to, you know, QB one, Jeff Sims, because the sample size is small. Um, and, and, the, and the circumstances are different. Now, I'm not going to make it out like Minnesota's this great team. Uh, they're, they're probably the best defense Nebraska has played, uh, so far. Uh, but Colorado certainly does not have a great defense. Uh, and, and we saw last week against Northern Illinois that, that was probably the strength of, of their team, but the circumstances are different. I, I think, you know, this is a, another reason why I think you have to give Sims the opportunity to see what he does now that the dynamic has changed. You know, that there is now actual pressure from from lower on the depth chart and and see how he responds. And if he responds positively, then then you have a really good situation. And it's a situation you re- desperately need to have because you're down two more players. On the offensive side of the ball, I mean, think about think about the difference between where we are today on September twentieth and where we were, and I don't remember the exact date that Xavier Betts left the program, yeah. but you know, a Holy month cow. or five weeks ago. I mean, you've lost 
two receivers. Uh, you've lost two running backs mm-hmm. who were going to play a lot of minutes and, mm-hmm. and were either starters or on the cusp of being starters. You've lost those guys for the season and for an offense that was already going to be somewhat challenged to begin with. So, you know, my message to both those quarterbacks, no matter who starts is guys, we're going to need you both. <laughs> and probably in every single game this year, um, you know, good or bad performances be damned, you know, we're going to need you. And, and, and this, so this could end up actually being a real positive, you know, that Sims had to spend a game on the shelf and, and Harburg could show us what he did, what he can do. I, I, I do not want this question to sound like I'm trying at all to pose the two devastating injuries that we heard about at the running back position is a good thing. I absolutely don't think that's what they are. And especially for those, those uh, young adults, those athletes personally, it's just got to be terrible because they've both dealt with already stuff that's kept them off the field uh, in a variety of ways. So that stinks. Um, that said, is there any part of you that thinks if Anthony Grant is able to basically get a consistent workload, which he did last year, that 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 there may be some I don't know ju- just some benefit to the overall running back running game if you've got one guy who is going to be taking I assume is going to be taking you know eighty eighty five percent of the snaps on this thing and and you know maybe get a little bit of a rhythm is there like does it change how you think at all about well him? that's one of my that's one of my big questions this week is because EJ Barthel has been very liberal in terms of his substitution patterns right I mean you play see to play. Guy, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, they're, they're shuttling, you know, running backs like Tom Osborne used to shuttle receivers in, except these, you know, the new running back isn't bringing in the play from the sideline. Right. I, and, and that to me is the biggest question. I have not been, per, I am not a fan of that type of substitution pattern. I think, you know, you got to get a guy, you got to get a, you know, you know, a guy lathered up a little bit. And if he has a good carry, give him another one and then give him another one and let him stay in. So that's going to be one of my big questions this week is how the substitution pattern is going to change if it's going to change at all. And I would assume it has to change some because literally the next two guys on the depth chart are guys that haven't played a, a, a scrimmage snap this year. One guy hasn't even been in a game this year, Quentin Knives. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it is an opportunity for Grant to really, you know, carry the weight here. Um, but, you know, I also expect that the quarterbacks, the quarterback run game is not going to be dialed down in any way for two reasons. One, the injury and two, it is an effective part of the offense. You know, I mean, the, the reason why Jamal Lord ran it so many times in 2002 was it was effective. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in, in many ways, it was the only way they could move the ball. And there's, there's an element of truth to that this year as well. Without the element of the quarterback run game, this Nebraska offense is really challenged. Right. They, they have to make you play 11 on 11 because they're not good enough right now to take one guy out of the equation just run downhill with your running back and then open it up with the passing game. Yeah. Uh, but and by the way, it was interesting Satterfield reference. He was like, I don't think Tommy Frazier and Scott Frost and Eric Crouch are ever sliding. And I think for the most part, he's right. Crazy thing is they never really got hurt either for the most part, which is just, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, Frazier got hurt with, with, with kind of a freak deal. Yeah. You know, well, the, blood clots, the blood clots. Yeah. Which were not an in- contact injury, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's true. And, and, you know, when you look at the physical build of both Harburg and Sims, uh, now Harburg's taller, 
but they both have the, about the same amount or a close enough amount of bulk to what Jamal Lord was. Yeah. You know, Lord was 6'2". Never got hurt. That dude, and, ne- and, I could I, not believe he I, didn't get hurt. It, it's still one of the most impactful things I've watched in a football game because I was down on the sidelines that entire season. And to hear the way he got hit and the thuds that he took, I, I have I have the utmost respect for Jamal Lord. I, I mean, he... He really took a lot of abuse and was as durable a quarterback as Nebraska has ever had before. Yeah, he really was. Um, okay, on the defense, real quick. You see, I mean, you were just saying you think maybe Nebraska's got a chance to even win more games than you thought. I'm sure that has partially to do with what you've seen with some of their opponents going down, but it also seems like uh, in the three games you've seen this defense, you've, I mean, it sounds like you've bought in to what they're doing, to what they're selling. Like, what is it? What is it other than just the good results? that you've seen about this defense that makes you think this is something that's real, this is something that might be able to play a little bit in the Big Ten? They're playing with so much confidence. They really are. They, you know, they're rallying to the ball. They're tackling well. Um, yes, there's been some blown coverages. I mean, when you play a team that plays fast and loose like Colorado does, there's going to be those moments. And that's the damn shame of it is if it just wouldn't have been for the silly mistakes you know, how close that game could have been with a little momentum and better complimentary football, which literally was what took place on Saturday, you know, two Saturdays ago could have been a very, very different result. I just, you know, I, I just, I like what these guys are doing. They, 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 you know, they've picked up this scheme really well. Uh, they, and, and, and they've carried over a lot of the momentum that they had from last year. And I really thought, I really thought it was a great gesture by Matt Rule to mention last year's defensive coaches, you know, when, when talking about why this defense is picked up, because a lot of defense, we talk so much about scheme, but it's, it's about executing fundamentals. It's about doing the, the, the little things. It's about knowing your role and, and, and making plays. And this, that's the outside of not getting turnovers. This defense has made a lot of plays. And I think, I think we talk about, you know, Jeff Sims maybe coming back to the mean when it comes to the turnovers. I think the opposite is true with Nebraska. You know, how, how they keep making all these tackles and, and, and gang tackling as they are and not getting turnovers. And I yeah, think, I think that's... we may see at some point the worm is about to turn on that. And, and when that to. happens, when yeah. that happens, then all of a sudden, you got something that's a lot closer to 2009, right? Where right. where the defense really can be your best offense. Yes. Um. And and you know and you're right. I mean the way the rest of the schedule sets up, I, I do. I have a lot of confidence in this group. I I'm looking forward to this week, but I'm really looking forward to two weeks from now because I think Michigan's going to be in for a surprise. Um. I I I don't know if they're going to be ready for for what Nebraska has to bring. Um, I'm not saying Nebraska is going to win, but I think Nebraska is going to bring a very very different challenge than what the Wolverines have faced so far this year. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. Bowling Green, I'm sure, has a great defense, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then last thought, I know we got to go. The other thing is the other opposite. You know, we've seen injuries take its toll on this Nebraska offense, and obviously, you don't want to lose Nash Hutmacher or Reimer or Newsom or pick, pick right. a few. But I feel like they can overcome that if they need to have that too. If that becomes an issue, because they play yeah. so dang many people, so done a great yep. job with depth. Yep. Great job so far with depth. All right, got to run, John. Have a good show today. We'll talk to you next week.
All right, see ya. There you go, John Bishop, 1620 The Zones on Sportsmanlike Conduct. That's our sister station in Omaha. We'll take a break, wrap up the show for this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Uh, I believe we have football tickets to give away tomorrow. Nebraska, Louisiana Tech, yep. 2.30, Memorial Stadium. So if you want to go to the football game and enjoy what looks like it's going to be another nice uh, nice Saturday. Right in the Weather middle of the afternoon. Pretty good, right in the middle of the afternoon. Then be listening to play Generation Collaboration with us at 710. And if that wasn't enough to bring you to the show, you can also win a Fantasy Huskers pick at 635 and 810 and maybe get that prize pack. And also, the Grow Lincoln team, Greg Sharp as well. So we are stacked for tomorrow, and we hope you will join us. We will see you then. It is 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.